Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Here we are again. It's another Saturday, and uh, it's Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Howdy. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to France here. That's me over here. And in Los Angeles, it's our good friend, and, uh, well, I'm not sure what else he is, but uh, Todd Roberts. <laughs> Hello. Uh, gentlemen, hello. Straight arrow. And uh, we got another Todd today. It's a tale of two Todds. Uh, Todd Bracken is our guest. He's a uh, a jeweler and a collector and a gold miner. And we're going to be getting to all of that very, very shortly. Todd, welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right, sir. Do you have any uh, uh, housekeeping stuff to do? Oh, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, as you know... I hope you know. If you don't, you've been living in a cave or, or abandoned mine somewhere. <laughs> but this Thursday's how uh, Halloween, Halloween, Thanksgiving, yep. boy. Yeah, you're about a month behind. <laughs> Anyhow, I got a cowboy poem here from a friend of mine, Ken White Cotton, and this was the very first poem he ever wrote uh, in the cowboy poetry genre, and he wrote it for Thanksgiving Day dinner in 2003, and it's entitled. Thanksgiving Day Grace. Lord, as we gathered at our humble homestead, let us pause a moment and bow our head. There be so many things we're thankful for. I'll list a few, but you know there's plenty more. We're thankful we're family and friends here to share the bounty of our table laden with its fare. We've a plenty hay and feed for our cattle. Chores have been done without a burr neath our saddle. Mended harness for the shade, dry boots that fit. Chop wood stacked by the door to keep our fire lit. A lantern full of kerosene by the door. Winter meat salted down and a whole lot more. We're thankful for our freedom and liberty in this home of the brave and land of the free. For our sons and daughters who may be far away, Tis silence of the canon for which we pray. And as we sit in answer to this dinner bell, we pray for those less fortunate, those less well. Now we seek your blessing on this meal in place with praise to Jesus and your holy grace. Amen. 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 Nice. Very nice. I'm a traditionalist. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Coming up uh, on the 25th and 26th out at the um, Mescal movie set. Big doings going on out there from 9 to 3. It is a, uh, uh, well, it's a kind of a kicking off a cowboy Christmas uh, time there. Uh, they're going to do uh, a two-day event, uh, some shopping for you out there, bunches of craft vendors, uh, multiple food vendors, special visit by that uh, fellow named S.C., uh, some Christmas music, a number of Western demonstrations. Go over to the uh, mescalmovieset.com website and find out more. Also, Christmas coming up at the ranch down at the Empire Ranch. Yes, it is. And uh, go see empireranch.org yeah. to learn more about that event. And uh, there's rumor out there that this fella at sea you were talking about mm-hmm. may be riding a few saddle broncs. Really? That's just a rumor. You know? Interesting. You know, because he's got to break them for the sleigh. Well, okay. I, I understand that. All right, let's get on to our <laughs> guest. Todd Bracken, jeweler to the stars. 
and he's he's been seeing stars since he was starstruck too. Since he was nine years old, he started in his dad's uh, jewelry shop there in Decatur, Illinois. What prompted you, Todd, to uh, want to take up this type of uh, profession? Well, at nine years old, uh, I was just interested in the sparkly rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but as I grew older and and got into high school and my dad put me to work in the family jewelry store, I I pretty much decided I did not want to go into that (laughs) line of work. Funny how that works. He, he didn't I let know. you take. He didn't let you take any of them shiny rocks home. Yeah, well, he did. I mean, he. <laughs> to <it's> polish. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To make me work on him, but he, you know, he taught me everything about the business, but was also telling me, "Don't go into this business. You can do better. <laughs> <laughs> you do better for yourself." I told my son. I told my son the same thing. Don't follow in your old man's footsteps. You'll never make money in radio. What does he do? He follows my career in radio. Is he making? Oh, there Hell go. no, he's not in radio anymore. He works for the post office, so he's making a buttload more money oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I worked worked for him, worked my way through high school, you know, and it did pretty good for me actually. And by the end of uh, my senior year, I'd kind of. Uh, well, I was actually looking in a, a trade magazine in the jewelry store there, and I read about the Gemological Institute of America, and they had a few locations, uh, New York and, and Los Angeles were two of them, and, you know, kid in high school and the Beach Boys playing in the background, sure. California Girls. And, yep. Yeah. Well, I wanted to suddenly be a gemologist in <laughs> Santa Monica. Uh, Not location. that far from Hollywood. So that's what I did. At 17, I, I left uh, Lakeview High School and went straight to the Gemological Institute of America and became a gemologist, went back, helped my dad in the store a couple years. And uh, after being in California and then going back to, you know, those winters, um, yeah, basically told dad, uh, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> moved out here to, to California and worked for the Gemological Institute mm-hmm. uh, eventually. But what uh, what happened was, I'll, I'll try to tie it into the gold world mm-hmm. here for you. Uh, when I went back to work for my dad um, for a couple of years, I was, I was 19, 20 years old, and I was reading the Lapidary Journal. That's a trade magazine in the jewelry world. Mm-hmm. And in the back of it, it had this uh, uh, monthly letter where a guy would write an article about places you could go and dig up gems or mine, you know, mine gemstones or whatnot. And one of the uh, write-ups he did was on gold and how you could find gold in Piru Creek right outside of Los Angeles. Hmm. And so that was the icing. I mean, that was the last straw, and that's when I decided to move to California and started working for GIA and the first weekend I got free I went down to the Busy Bee Hardware in mm-hmm. Santa Monica and bought a gold pan they were still selling gold wow. pans in <laughs> this have... old old uh, hardware store in cool. Santa Monica That's cool. and I took off to Piru Creek and my very first trip out there I found you know a couple little flakes of gold huh. and that kind of got me started 
How cool. Oh, I'm familiar the, with Piru the, Creek, the, yeah. The uh, Gemological Institute of America, what what do those folks do, uh, aside yeah, from grading the ones, world's uh, gems and whatnot? Yeah, they're the ones that wrote the book on gemology. In other words, they figured out how to test and tell one gemstone from another. They teach you how to grade diamonds with the... Uh, uh, under magnification, you, you learn how to judge clarity. That's how clear and um, lack of, you know, how many flaws or lack of flaws a diamond would have and the color of the diamonds, which can go from yellow to completely clear and colorless or fancy colors and all the different uh, technical things about gems and identification. And then uh, also because they're the ones that invented the the grading system uh they started back in i believe the late 30s uh with with inventing the system Mm -hmm. they have a laboratory and and you they're known all over the world for a place that you can send your diamond to and they will create a certificate a grading certificate on that diamond telling you the carat weight the color the clarity and the cut of that diamond, the four C's. Mm-hmm. And that certificate is like a pedigree for diamonds um, oh. that kind of certifies their quality. I mean, you can take a diamond into three different jewelers and they, you know, judging with their subjective eye, you may get three different grades, mm-hmm. uh, all based on the GIA system. But since gra- diamond grading is a subjective thing, yeah. uh, you, you've got to be good at it and in line with their system to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Now, so, while you were there, is that where you were introduced to historic and priceless jewelry? Uh, yeah, some before because I grew up in the jewelry in business. The business I, yeah. yeah, I was exposed to a lot of different things. But definitely in California, the game stepped up over Illinois. I mean, the jewelry and California is a lot more, uh, or should I say, flamboyant, or uh, there's, there's, there's a lot more selection out here. Bling! Well, it's, yeah, and a lot more money. So, Todd, can I ask you the question of, um, for all of us who don't know, which is the majority of us, the differences between gold mining, gold procuring uh, actions. So there's there's panning for gold in a stream, and then there's there's where you shoot the water out of a fire hose on the side of a hill, which creates uh, soil erosion, which we see in the movie Pale Rider. And then there's yes. other types. What are the different types that are out there? Right. Um, and there are a lot of different types. And it, and it all boils down to that deposit. So there's all different kinds of deposits of gold in the world. There's primary deposits, which is... Generally speaking, it's it's in veins deep in the ground. It came from the center of the earth through hydrothermal pressures pushed up uh, so hot and steamy that the gold is actually uh, down at the atomic level coming up in steam. Hmm. And as it cools, gets crystallized in generally in quartz veins. It can be in all different kinds, but in California mostly it's in quartz veins running through uh, bedrock, and those fissures uh, from the Earth, Earth's movement and expansion cracks the bedrock, and the hypothermal steams come up and deposit all the minerals that we know, you know, up through those fissures. And 
those would be underground mining, generally speaking, where you open a hole in the ground and you follow that seam of, of gold ore down deep into the earth, and that's a primary deposit. Then, then there's the secondary deposits where, um, you know, over the millennia, those quartz gold, uh, I'll call them outcroppings, where they come out to the surface uh, over thousands of years, get weathered and eroded. And due to the weight of gold and the watershed effect of how erosion occurs, gold can get concentrated in rivers. Um, usually it settles on the bedrock at the bottom of the river and nestles itself down into cracks in the bedrock as tons and tons of material is eroded and washes over. Rivers basically become a sluice box. Hmm. Sluice boxes are... Nature's sluice box. It's nature's sluice box. So that's a secondary deposit that's known or called a placer deposit in the mining world. Um, you have hard rock deposits and you have placer deposits mm-hmm. where it's already been broken up and then re-concentrated um, by erosion. So um, that's that's a secondary deposit. And then I'll, I'll loosely learn, use the term uh, a, a third deposit, a tertiary deposit, where one of those ancient one of those rivers for thousands or actually millions of years. Um, continues to get loaded up and charged and fortified with all this eroded gold. And then, like happened in California 60 million years ago, um, California was flat. There wasn't a Sierra mountain range. Mm -hmm. So there's an ancient Yuba River channel running through California loading up with gold. And then the Sierra upthrust occurred some 60 million years ago in the tertiary period. And that river basically got raised up into the air, tilting all of California, so those rivers no longer ran where they had been running for millions of years and cut new river beds. And more millions of years go by, and those... Uh, ancient river deposits are now landlocked way up on top of the mountain and they start to erode and reconcentrate down in today's modern rivers and so to bring it back that's kind of what the 49ers uh, the great gold rush of California discovered they found first um, the placer you know in, in on the American River there Sutter Sutter's Mill, um, they discovered that secondary deposit of placer gold um, washed down from the mountains. They followed those up into the mountains and the foothills, and it got richer and richer as they went up. Of course, they're looking for, you know, the mother load, the main deposit where it's all coming from. Mm -hmm. And as they followed up these rivers, it would get rich, and then it would play out, and then it would get rich again, and they couldn't figure it out. Well, finally, some bright guy climbed up the side of the hill where there's no water. You wouldn't think there should be any gold up there. And he found rounded river rocks. And, you know, he's wondering, what are these doing up here? (laughs) Well, after they dug into it, 
they figured out that it's an ancient river channel way up in the side of the hill. Hmm. So those deposits are what uh, kind of was some of the last mining done um, really in the placer world. Um, and you, you had already mentioned that it was called hydraulic mining, where they piped water down from miles and miles up higher and uh, directed that water through pipes and choked it down uh, to basically a, what's called a monitor, which is just a water cannon, mm-hmm. um, and used that water, uh, immense water pressure to wash down these ancient river uh, mm. channels locked in the, the mountain that's through their senses and devastating. And, yeah. yeah, if you watch Pale Rider, that's kind of a simplified version of it there. But uh, that's fascinating, yeah, though. All, all, all that history. Did did any of the the miners did they have an inkling of that when they were coming out of the Forty ers I mean, no. So were mm-hmm. most of these finds in the um, mid to uh, uh, mid eighteen hundreds? Were most of these like of the placer variety, would that be correct? In the yeah, in the very beginning they were, uh-huh. and it's pretty easy to research. I'm just going to give you a loose, you know, from from 49, 1850, let's say when it really started in earnest. Um, the first several years was pretty much mostly all placer, and that's when um, it went to what they called the diggings, right? Yes, the diggings. Yep, mostly all placer down in the in the riverbeds and the streams, the feeder streams into today's rivers up there. You can go all up and down Highway 49, which is the Highway of Gold. They call it. Yeah, I think it goes from something like uh, Merced or Mariposa. I forget where it starts down there, and goes all the way up, um, all the way up to Downeyville, Sierra City. You know, hmm. um, going through every one of the main mining camps um, through the 1850s and 60s is all con- connected by Highway 49 here in California. Fascinating topic. We're talking with uh, Todd Bracken. He's a jeweler. He's also a gold miner. And we're going to find out more about his gold mine coming up on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these important messages. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back right after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. What happened to you? Oh, uh, we was having an argument with one of them cow stealing nesters when a couple of fellows in the store jumped us from behind. Who were they? I don't know. Never saw them before. More settlers, I suppose. They're coming in like grasshoppers. This is the Voices of the West. Ramble on, get along the trail, hurry on, ain't phony, ramble on, gotta see my gal and she lives in San Antonio. We're back on Abel Francis, Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and the chorus. Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Uh, it's a very uh, <laughs> Whitley tune there, Ramble On. Indeed. And uh, speaking of uh, the Best Westerns contest, it's not really a contest. It's just, hey, we want to know what you like to watch, and we'll talk with you about that on the show. That is really what it's all about. And we've got our first one coming up on December 3rd. What a find. Yeah. Uh, and uh, our, 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 the first guy to respond to it, he's going to be the first one on it. And we're just going to leave it as a surprise for you. You're going to um, love it. Oh, yeah. You're going to love it. This guy knows a lot of, knew a lot of Western stars, and he's got buttloads of stories about them uh, as well as the movies uh, that uh, that he enjoys Todd Bracken is our guest he's a, a jeweler and a gold miner and let's talk about that gold mine Todd you're working it with some partners we don't care where uh, but it's someplace in the California area how did, how did you come across this particular piece of property right well I'll you know, I'll tip my hand a little bit. It's it, because it's just a, a fantastic area. I'm always encouraging people to, to check it out. Um, I, um, the area in general is called Nevada County, California. Uh, it's north of Sacramento, just about an hour 
Uh, it's just below snow line on your way to Reno, Tahoe, uh, Truckee. And uh, it's pretty much turned out to be, historically, the mother load. It, it is known um, as the richest, uh, most highest gold-producing county uh, in California. Hmm. Um, produced gold right up until World War II when they had to shut down due to the war wow. movement. Those were mostly the underground mines that were producing at that time. But um, I got familiar with that area because after my initial, uh, since things did pan out for me at Hyrule Creek, uh, I kind of started into California gold rush history. And the more I dug... Uh, the more I realized that the real gold, the chunky gold, the heavy real gold was in Northern California. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, uh, uh, it's a funny story. I, I wanted to do some research and I, uh, well, this is before computers or anything, but I had learned that the Riverside library had a lot of mining literature. I, I went out there, stayed with a friend that happened to live there overnight went into that library, Riverside Public Library there, and got into the card file, was looking for this book, said it was there. I go to the, the bookshelf. It's not there. I pull out another book and decide, well, I'm here anyway. I'll read what they got. Went over to the area where you go to sit down, and there's a guy sitting there reading the book that I came <laughs> to find. <laughs> so naturally, I on mining, on gold mining, of course, so it was pretty easy to strike up a conversation with the guy. And uh, let me think now. I'm talking about 1981 now. And uh, he and I are still friends to this day. He was a card dealer in Las Vegas at that time who had just learned about gold and gold dredging in California and this and that. So he was hot on it. He was a gold bug, had just uh, bought a dredge, uh, his first gold dredge. And so at that little serendipitous meeting there, I met a friend for life, and we went on then to Is make arrangements. <laughs> no, it was not. Oh, okay. No, that, that came way, way, way later. Okay. Um, and this is what got me going to Northern California in the first place. I met him, and we made arrangements for that next spring uh, to go up and meet farther up uh, and, and start prospecting together. And over the next couple years, I think we started out down in Mariposa or Merced, in the Merced River. And then the next year, we went to the Stanislaw River. Uh, the next year, we went to the American River. Uh, and the next year, we made it all the way up. He actually then decided to become a full-time gold miner, left his card dealing position there, and moved up to Nevada County, California. And so for the next 10 years... Uh, in between, when I would, you know, take a break from my jewelry store, I would take a week and pack up my truck and my dredge, and we would go up there and and spend a week or two mining together, dredging together, and uh, his different claims all around Nevada County, 
over the years. I became familiar with the area, kind of fell in love with it. Started taking my dad up there, actually, um, to, to play with us, too. He fell in love with the area, ended up retiring up there, bought a piece of property, which was a gold mine, an old hydraulic uh, mine. And uh, that was in 94. And just basically, that's what got me up into that area. That is so cool. Now, uh, the that which you take from the mine, you uh, then turn into jewelry. Yeah, well, there's a lot of several bridges and a lot of water in between yeah, I'm sure there uh, is. <laughs> yeah, so for years we, we did that kind of dredging. Um, and then about 2010, gold was starting to wake up again. And the guy that brought, we bought, uh, my dad bought the property from our first private property, um, had worked it as a gold mine before and another parcel down the road about a mile. And um, I gave him a call and said, hey, you interested in getting back into mining? And he was. And so that's when we started um and I don't mind, uh, I mean, I can tell you guys this, but then I'll have to kill you. Okay. This, 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 what, what I'm talking about, because people are going to be interested in this, and I'm not afraid. Nobody's going to come and steal our gold or anything. Right, it's right. called the French Corral Mine. The French Corral Mine. Okay. And it's okay. a historical mine that was never finished. It's one of the bigger, not the biggest, but it's a larger hydraulic mine in Nevada County. Uh it was last hydraulic in 1917, and it had been hydraulic from uh, the 1860s. It was actually being hydraulically mined during the Civil War. Wow. And I actually accidentally found the day-to-day -day, uh, ledger and workbook Holy from that mine. Wow when I, I was with my wife in San Francisco and went to the uh, historical society there, mm -hmm. went through their card file, and I saw the name of our property on there wow. and had them dig out this this old ledger hmm. um, naming all the workers that worked there, what they made. The, the, uh, the Anglo fellows were making two bucks a day. The Chinamen were making 50 cents a day. Hmm. Um, I've got how much a flask of mercury was seventy dollars? Wow! Um, it's just an unbelievable document I happened to Incredible. find uh, relating to these two properties, our property and the French Corral mine. I have a personal so, question for you about that area up there. Uh, back in the forties, my dad and my mom and myself, we used to go up to Manzanita and fish, and I'm just wondering if that's the same Manzanita. Uh, that the mine is at? Uh, well, the, there's a section, there, there was the Manzanita Mine, which was on our property. Um, there, Surprisingly, there's a lot of things named Manzanita up there. Yeah, I figured <laughs> that, because I always try to There's so much Manzanita. Because. Yeah, but the French Corral Mine does have, um, our, our last remaining virgin ground is 35 acres of virgin ground, and that is Manzanita Hill. You know, the um, pond there, do they have catfish in that pond? Uh, there are huge largemouth bass in that mm -hmm. pond. 
Um, I have catfish in my pond over a mile away, but it's because my dad put them there. Yeah, because I, I used to fish for the catfish on the shore, and my dad had a little white Chris Graff he built, and he would go out in the pond. and. and Do you remember fish. what city that was near? Uh, this is the 40s. I was like, you know, five, six, seven. He was a little squirt. <laughs> I, I just knew it was Manzanita. In fact, for years, I used to, every time I'd get a California map, I'd try and find it. You mm. know, I found one up there. In fact, I think I found two. But I'm just curious where that, I'm hoping it was the same place because if it is, I'd love to go up and see it again. Yeah. Well, you're li- you're welcome to. Not likely the same place, but uh, yeah. you're welcome to. <laughs> Tons of history here, Todd Bracken. We're going to take another break and come back and talk with uh, more history stuff that you have at your store that Todd Roberts took me to. Incredible stuff. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts will be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Tramp and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old best here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rental henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Fellas flew like a turkey. Well, they shouldn't have run. They shouldn't have run. Sing! Well, how'd you... 
like to kiss my sister's black cat's ass. This is the Voices of the West. on Emo Francis, Voices of the West, Terry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. You know, and some Bo Hopkins. We gotta change that line for Thanksgiving. Kiss my sister's black turkey. <laughs> Anywho, we're talking with uh, jeweler to the stars, Todd Bracken. He's in uh, the Los Angeles area. Yeah, before we get into the history stuff, you started doing all kinds of uh, jewelry goodies for some rather famous uh, celebrities uh, there in the Los Angeles we area. Them? Well, let's not mention them, but let's not give them their 10 minutes of fame. But uh, how did that all get uh, get going to, there, Todd? Yeah, that happened because uh, after working at GIA, I kind of branched out on my own, bought a, bought a jewelry store in Santa Monica that had been there since the 40s and and uh, had a retail jewelry operation right on the Santa Monica Promenade, Third, uh, third Street in Santa Monica, California, for 25 years. Mm. And basically, that's just sitting right in the middle of, of all of them. So, uh, it's, yeah, living in Santa Monica, Malibu, you know, Brentwood, Pacific Palisades. Dennis, that whole area. They're like locusts. <laughs> they come yes, out. Yeah, roaches. They come lousy. Out. Yeah. Lousy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you close that. You move to another uh, storefront, and all of your stuff is, uh, do I understand correctly, by appointment only? Yeah. Now I'm in Venice in a private studio by mm-hmm. appointment. You can find me online. Go mm-hmm. to toddbracken.com, and what you'll see there is basically uh, just one sliver of what I do is my California gold line mm-hmm. I've decided to put on mine yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. actually gold that I, I mine in Northern California and make wedding bands mostly but I can make anything out of it mm-hmm. um, Tom, I've got a question side, about well, gold yeah. uh, and I hate to belabor this but I'm going to expand it into silver also California is known as the golden state and Nevada is known as the silver state but I've heard conflicting reports over the years that really the biggest uh, uh, mine that showed profit and money and so on was silver in California. So we really should be the silver state, not the golden state. But do you want to explain a little bit of that and where where, where, uh, Nevada comes into play in that and so on? Well, the only th- I'll tell you what I know about it. I'm not sure which mine you're talking about there, but the... Uh, I'm talking about the state, each state respectively overall. Don't forget right. Montana. Right, Colorado. There's there's gold. There's even gold in, in Georgia and, and in the Carolinas, but um, very tiny amounts. Um, but I would suppose, I don't know this, but I would imagine today, uh, when I said earlier the biggest gold-producing county, that was historically. I would imagine Nevada, the state of Nevada, prob- produces more gold uh, and silver today hmm. than any other state. Maybe Alaska. I'm not sure. How do the Black Hills play into that equation? Uh, there's There is gold there a lot, but not 
not as high enough grade to be economically feasible today oh. that I know of. There's probably some operators uh, out there still that, um, and probably the bigger, the huge companies might have some interest in some of those places. But uh, mm-hmm. all right, uh, the uh, Comstock load, the Comstock yeah. load was the, the Comstock load, that, which was all silver. That was silver, but uh, Nevada. Um, and you, you've got Randolph, jo- uh, uh, Hearst, yeah. Hearst. Um, let me get my point straight here. George Randolph Hearst. Um, which one was the father? Who? Which was one the was the one that had William Randolph was the newspaper man. Yeah, was the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. George Randolph was actually. Uh, he was a mining, a miner, and and a mine pro- who developed himself into a mine property broker. Hmm. And Wasn't he an engineer as well? Yeah, and yes, and and ended up being instrumental in uh, developing the Comstock strike. Um, he he initially was working uh, in California, and in fact. He, the, he was involved with the property, the property that I own in Nevada County. There, oh, cool. he he actually owned at one time the property that, that I own, or brokered it to his cousin. And uh, is I that have one all who the was the Esperance mine? Yes, yes. Well, that that's that part of French Corral. Yes, oh, okay. the Esperance mine. I want to get into the the historical thingies that you have, and there's tons of thingies there at at your office, uh, or not your office, your uh, storefront uh, there in Venice. And I had the honor of uh, going there and seeing those things. And you've got quite the fascination with Abraham Lincoln. In fact, you have a letter, an original letter, written by Abraham Lincoln, and it, that to buy part of the mine? It, no. <laughs> so so talk, talk about that fascination with uh, Abraham Lincoln and, and the collection of uh, historical goodies that you've got there. Yeah, that's interesting because it's, it's uh, how that came about really is simply because I'm from Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I'm from the land of Lincoln. I'm from Decatur where he had his first courthouse. And uh, not far away in Springfield, he had his first practice before that. Um, and so just the area that I'm from is very Lincoln-centric. And when I moved out here, several of my friends knew that. And I was uh, quite a student of Civil War uh, uh, things. And as a lot of my friends saw me spending so much time, you know, in the history and the library and about civil war and about California history and mining, they started giving me gifts. So not only did I occasionally buy things, but most of the things you saw, a lot of the little relics and things, hundreds hmm. <laughs> are given to me as gifts by wow, friends just because they knew I was into it. But You've got some great friends. <laughs> yeah, sure. I know. Um, but that letter, no, the letter I was fascinated because I discovered it uh, Antique Weekly is a is a newspaper that's sent out to antique collectors, and in there I happened to see that this letter was going to be on auction. It was a new dis- new discovery; it had been lost and rediscovered, and uh, I just couldn't stand it. I had to bid on it, and, <laughs> and I won it. 
And that letter is a... This was when Lincoln was a, a still an attorney, right? He was writing to yes. a client? Yes, he was in Springfield writing to a client, uh, discussing the case and, and the other lawyers on the opposing side and and this and that. And, um, short letter, uh, full signature, though, beautifully written, um, very succinct and to the point. And he signed it at the bottom, and then on the other side, he's folded it up and, and signed it again with hmm. an address on the other side. So the yep. same paper's got two two signatures on yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the way they used to send them there. They fold it up and uh, make it into an envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I understand you have quite a co- uh, Rolex collection there, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, yes. That's one of my specialties. I got too They're many. They're kind of uh, a gold mine in themselves, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've got collections of all different kinds of genres. But yeah, Rolex, vintage Rolexes, I'm into, I do restoration work and I buy, sell, and trade uh, vintage Rolex watches. What makes the Rolex the watch among those who care? It's like what the watch is. Like Land Rover. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm trying to find out. What is it about the Rolex that makes it the watch? Um... I would say it's engineering. It's it's incredible, robust durability. Rolexes actually um, developed into a uh, a tool watch company. Really, they they both make fancy watches for you know going out and and you know gold and sparkling with diamonds and all that. But um, a big part of their business um, is called tool watches. So what is that? That means it's a tool for a trade. So a scuba diver needs a watch, right? Yeah. Right. Well, it takes a special watch to hold up that deep underwater, and it takes a lot of different uh, details of attention to see that a watch can be, you know, depended on life or death um, in whatever that profession is. So, Makes sense. Um, the Submariner is made for scuba divers. The GMT Master is made for pilots. It's the one that has the extra GMT oh. hand on it, the 24-hour hand. Yeah, okay. um, the Cosmograph was designed for, it was actually uh, designed for use in outer space. Oh, it I was going to that. Yeah. Yeah, Bolivar Accutron actually beat him out of it. And, and then uh, Omega, the Speedmaster, actually... Um, ended up being chosen as the most uh, reliable and was used for many years, the Omega Speedmaster. But the Rolex, Daytona, and Cosmograph are the stopwatches, and they're used in racing and uh, other um, trades that precise timing um, uh, on the convenience of your wrist would be needed. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's another one called the Milgauss. Um, that's designed for engineers that need to work near extreme magnetic conditions. Yeah. The Milgauss can withstand 1,000 gauss of magnetic energy without um, disturbing its. No, I think you just put them all into one watch. <laughs> right. It's like the I don't know for a super our, watch for our listeners who used to watch Saturday Night Live back in the uh, 80s. Uh, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> did a commercial for uh, a. Uh, a watch that did every damn thing there was to do and it had 5,000 buttons on it and the video of it is he's trying to push all of these buttons at one time and not being very successful so uh, yeah 
Okay, I got another question for you. Now, yep. your collection of guitars, did that start yeah. back when you were in high school with that uh, Tesco Mark Cornwaith? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even even before that. Uh, my, yeah. Actually, uh, my dad, they bought me a banjo first for Christmas, and that, that pretty much sat there for a year. And uh, I think by the next year, I thought guitar was the better idea. And so uh, I ended up getting that silver tone guitar, and I did actually spend time and taught myself to play it. And, and along the way, oh, I, I had my my dad had his uh, old uh, Dobro lap steel guitar. Oh, wow, so Dobro! Wow, Dobro. That's the uh, resophonic guitar. That's yeah, kind of got a. It's not electronic. But it's got a speaker right. built into yeah, it, like yeah. a sympathetic speaker. Yeah, resonator. And a resonator, exactly. So I grew up with that guitar, and that gave me a taste of what old guitars feel and smell and, and sound like. And then, uh, yeah, Mark Cornflake gave me <laughs> my first electric, a four pickup Tysco guitar, all fancy looking with all the buttons and everything. It was just the greatest Were you thing. in a high school band by any chance? Um, no, I, oh. I I was a wannabe. I wished I could. I was too nervous. I, I choke when I get the spotlight. You Just know? thank you. If you if you had, you might you might be up there with uh, Bruce Springfield instead of Springsteen. Yeah, Bruce yes. Springsteen. Yeah. Well, I well, I had the pleasure instead. Of, I did have the pleasure of making a ring that ended up on Eric Clapton's there finger. Go. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I remember seeing in your shop there. You had a. A couple of Stratocasters and a couple of Telecasters up there, and uh, some other ones that I, I honestly did not. I was a drummer, but that's okay. We won't go yeah. into that. Um, we're going to take our final commercial break here with uh, our guest Todd Bracken, Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Ain't you just a little bit out of your territory here, Marshal? I take my territory with me, and right now you're in it. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Getting along, little ponies there. A little bit of Jimmy Wakeley and uh, the trio there. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, uh, Todd Bracken is our guest here on Emil Francie's Voices of the West, and we're talking uh, 
gold, mining, and historical goodies that he has in his storefront and jewelry. And, Bunker, you've got a question. Yes, I do, because along that line of jewelry, uh, I understand you designed and created uh, jewelry for uh, Tiffany. And I was looking at some of the pictures there, and I saw one that just totally blew me away. And I have to know whether you did it or not. It's the one, it's the melted clock by Dali, the brooch. No, I did not do that one. (laughs) Oh, too bad. That's so beautiful. I know, it's really something. But you do stuff like that. Yes, I've done a lot of of one-of-a-kind pieces for Tiffany and then lots of production-type pieces, too. Um, um, That uh, I don't know if I showed you pictures of some of my Tiffany things that I made, but uh, there's a couple of them in the special order section of my website. You know, some of them. And your website is, uh, go ahead and uh, tell us all about uh, that. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, it's toddbracken.com. And uh, there's phone number on there. The address is not on there. you got to call me and make it through the gauntlet before you can come and see me. (laughs) uh, And uh, once somebody comes to visit you, they're going to be... Yeah, you got to make an appointment, and uh, when you walk into his place, he's got some very plush, old-style furniture there to Mm. sit upon, and uh, some great old magazines to read, Mm. coffee table type magazines. There you go. And then it's... Jim and Jim and all. Yeah, and bunches of stuff in uh, bunches of cases, and it's just an incredible thing. Todd, thank you so much for joining us, and you've done some shameless promotion there. But for, before we let you go, got to know, what's the favorite Western of yours? Oh, Treasure of Sierra Madre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, and it's a great movie, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good choice, Todd. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, Humphrey Bogart. Um, I just always fascinated by by his work, and and I got so lucky. As it turns out, his daughter is a customer of mine, oh. and uh, her and uh, her mother, Lauren Bacall, I've made things for for years until she passed. And uh, so I've got a connection, kind of a special connection to that one. I imagine so. You know, I'm just yeah. thinking, you know, if you get uh, Harry, uh, the other Todd, and myself up there, uh, we may we may degenerate into those three guys from Treasure Sierra Madre. <laughs> 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 That's you guys. I want to be Bob Steele. <laughs> I want to be. I'm going to be, be Tim Holt. I'm Tim Holt. <laughs> okay. I want to be John Houston. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> or I want to be Bobby Blake and give John Houston a shoe shot. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Man, you've had an incredible career, Todd awesome Bracken. Stuff. And just interesting. And you're still going up and, there, right? Yeah, and you're still. Oh, that's just a little, little facet of yeah. some of the weird things that I do. There's so, so much more ridiculous. Yeah, no wonder Robert's got in touch with you. <laughs> right. He did. Right. No, I was going to mention about the mine. You guys were interested, and I didn't mention this because a lot of your listeners probably thinking, "Well, what's he doing? How does he, how does he get all you know that much gold to make jewelry out of?" And I'm not just up there panning. Right. If you, I'm sure some of your listeners watch Gold Rush Alaska. Sure. Some of the basically that's exactly my operation. Yep. I've yep. Got a big trommel. I've got a, a Komatsu PC1000 excavator, 960 loaders. 
this this yeah, I'm the, doing basically the same thing as the, they're doing. Here. The, the, this isn't uh, some guy panning up there wearing a hat and uh, saying, right. "Oh, Eureka! I caught I caught it this time." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no. Tom oh, and, yeah. and Prince Corral was known, uh, reported to have uh, been the find of the largest diamond ever found in California. Wow, it was found on that property. Wow. That's there's supposed to be story. 9 million tons of gold-bearing gravel up there. <laughs> Diamonds in there, too. There's yeah, gold. Find it, yeah. Gold in them, the R-Hills. Todd Bracken, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Appreciate this was it such very a much, delight. So. Thank you, yeah. Todd. That was fun. Thank very you, guys. Thank you, Todd. You betcha. Uh, next time we get together here on Amal Franzi's Voices of the West, it'll be the, uh, well, the day after Black Friday, I reckon. Uh, we're gonna. It'll be a movie Saturday, and yes. we're going to be doing turkey westerns. Go! because. Go! There are bunches of turkeys out there. I want to get stuffed. And we're going to talk about them. (laughs) Till then. 78, 79, 80 placer mines in your happy future. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.